Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, sports fans. This is Tom Pollan back in the host chair, welcoming you to another episode of WRSP's Weekend Sports Huddle. Got a, as usual, back-to-back sports talk. Got plenty to, plenty to cover. Uh, we're gonna give a Super Bowl recap. Uh, incredible game last week, last Sunday. We're gonna look back on that. Uh, the Eagles pull off the shocking upset uh off season but before we hit the golf course and i don't know it's going to be a little tough hitting the golf course considering it's snowing again here in chicago but uh <laughs> we're going to talk the alex smith trade and uh josh mcdaniels and his decision to stay in new england which caught everybody by surprise i know i saw matt patricia sign you know, the Monday after the Super Bowl, everything was announced. Everything was official. Waiting on the Josh McDaniel shoot to drop, and and it looks like football fans, Colts fans, got hit over the head with that shoe. So, and we're also going to dip into the NHL finally. Uh, I know Hunter's been waiting for this. So, what need what uh, do the Pens need to address prior to the trade deadline? And we're going to talk about the Blackhawks situation because it looks like uh, things are kind of falling apart there. I'm going to bring in my co-host right now uh, to start with down in Atlanta and probably not anywhere near the snow I'm getting here in Chicago. Uh, I still got plenty of shoveling to do. But we're bringing in Dave Holcomb. Dave, how you doing? Hey, Tom. How are you? No, no snow down here in Atlanta. Just a lot of rain. Yeah, yeah, I keep, as far as shoveling, I keep telling myself it's good exercise, but that doesn't seem to help much. So, you know, <laughs> uh, we got about uh, 10 to 12 inches yesterday. So I still got, I still got to shovel out the car and shovel the back and, and oh God. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so got a lot going. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to buy myself a snowblower telling you but uh also from virginia we'll get a get a localized weather forecast out of virginia from hunter hodes hunter how are things going out for you uh it is pouring in blacksburg today absolutely pouring well hey hunter you don't have to shovel it so and that is perfect it's a big day down here we play uh we play uh uva in basketball at uva tonight so Oh okay. Wow. Yeah, we don't. Awesome. We, yeah, we don't. We don't like that school, Tom. Oh okay. <laughs> Big rival. Sounds exciting. Yeah. I, I really uh, had that one on my radar all weekend. So. Um. <laughs> except except I hate watching UVA play basketball. Their defensive structure makes me want to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, they win a lot of games. 
They won a I lot know, of games. But, 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 but where's that gone to them in March, huh? They haven't won anything in there. And that's where it's going to kill them. Well, and that's yeah, because Virginia Tech that's is a great March basketball team. You know, bubble team. We're a bubble team this year. Defensive <laughs> style of play will get you into the tournament. Doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily get you very far in the tournament once you get there, though. Yeah, but yeah, they they win a lot. They've won a lot of games this year. Don't not, not knocking them. Just saying it doesn't win them in in the tournament. That's all. Right. All right. It sounds like a knock, Hunter. Sounds like a knock. Well, well, you got it. it's, it's your rival, you know. Yeah, hey, I'm all for rivalries, believe me. It, they, you know, that's what makes sports fun is the rivalry. So, so they, that should be an enjoyable time. You, that should be a, I mean, a great game, exciting. Yeah, yeah, it should. Yeah, we, we basketball games are usually always good between these two teams. Not football though, because we beat them almost every year in football, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, they yeah they haven't been a football power in quite a while, so no. Uh, but we want to invite our audience to join the conversation. Our phone number is five one six three eight seven one four one seven. I'm sure that you know there's a lot of people. There's a lot of things to say about last week's Super Bowl. Just incredibly exciting. Uh, Twitter handle at WKD Sports Huddle. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, this show brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. All right, guys. Um, Boy, Hunter, we were really off of it last week when we were talking about taking the taking the oh man, as far as the oh sport. man, <laughs> well, both both of our picks, we both looked like BB8 last week. Awful picks for us. <laughs> no, we were terrible. Oh man, but <laughs> he, Tom Tom goes down to BB8 going into the next season. That's that's what yeah. I took out of it. He goes down to BB8 now. Yeah. Tom, Tom took a beating last week. I I will admit to that definitely. Um, the big play, the Philly special. Uh, where does that stand among the greatest plays in Super Bowl history, as far as uh, you're concerned, Dave? Uh, I think it's definitely up there. Um, in terms of recent history, in terms of Philadelphia history, it's got to be number one, right? I mean, this is oh, the yeah. first Eagles win uh, in the Super Bowl. And this play basically won them the game. Going for it, if they don't get it there, it's a huge miss. Uh, no points right before halftime. Uh, and it was a great trick play. And uh, do you guys see the video on, on uh, Twitter where Nick Foles is the one that actually asked to run the play? Uh, yes, to yes. Doug Peterson, and Peterson kind of looks at him with uh, – I thought it was kind of a weird look for like a second or two, and then he just goes, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It was, it was uh, great. Yeah. It's great. It, it, it's definitely up there in in, uh, in Super Bowl history. And uh, I don't know, top top five, top ten, somewhere in there. Uh, it oh, was definitely in play. the top five. Hunter, where would you rate it? That that was a fun play. It's just an incredible play to watch come off. It was so ballsy, especially against the Patriots too. Of, of all teams, you got to run it. 
that that was awesome to see. I I, I loved it. D- Doug Peterson, man, he has some balls for, for going for. That's it what you got to do that. to beat New England. Exactly. You know, that's, that's, that's that's what teams don't do. Teams get into their shell. Jacksonville got into a shell in the second half. Uh, the Steelers <laughs> got into a shell in the fourth quarter when they played. They had a lead. One. You have to continue to be aggressive against New England. That's what Philadelphia did. One. It was fourth and one the Steelers had. They get the 38-yard line and go for it. I'm like, dude, just run the ball. But, yeah, they they, well, they, they were down. Um, what were they down? Um, it was with their three minutes left. They were It was the drive to take the lead. And they went for it, I think, at their own 40-yard line. I'm like, oh, boy, that this took – and then Nick Foles got it. I'm like, Doug Peterson, man. I, I that's risky, but you got to do it against the Patriots. He coached a hell of a game. One of the things, though, I mean, that kind of jives with what Peterson has done all season. Uh, the Eagles yeah. led the league in going for it on fourth down. And I, I've seen a lot of statistics out there. I've seen a lot of people write about it. And actually, fourth down plays uh, – are very successful. If you're in enemy territory, that, that's a great time to do it it's, instead of a, a pooch punt. And uh, yeah, you, you know why not go for it? If you got any faith in your defense, go for it. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. I, don't, I think neither team had faith in their defenses. Both of them were so <laughs> bad. They got carved up each game, and I love it. Oh this yeah. Game. That was the case. You know, it, it's amazing. Have you seen how many Eagles fans have gotten the the uh, Philly special tattooed on their arms and, and various parts oh, of their God. anatomy? So I'll make a new cheesesteak. <laughs> hey, don't diss cheesesteaks. I love uh, cheesesteaks, I, I was in Philly a couple of times and went to uh, – it's amazing because you got the two places that – claim that they yeah. are the original Philly cheesesteak and they're right, you know, kitty corner from each other. And, uh, yeah. I know and, and it's, know. it's great. I, I enjoyed uh, going there just, <laughs> just trying to cheesecake in both places. Cheesesteak in both places you, was good. If you go back, Tom, you got to go to a less touristy spot. Jim steaks on South street. That's, that's the real spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. I thought I was getting that's, a real that's spot. Place, that's place, that's a good one. There's a place right outside of Philly I really like too. That makes a they make ma, monster cheesesteaks. They're so huge. All right. Yeah. What's the name of that place? Uh, Mama's Mama's off of um the off of seventy six. Okay. Haven't been to that one. It's very good. Very very good. Ugh. All right. <laughs> Now, talking about the defense in this game, right. uh, Philly, we actually expected to come out uh, with a solid defensive ec- uh, effort. And Tom Brady throws for 505 yards, which... You should win. It's just incredible. Um, and and Nick Foles. Nick Foles, of all people. Um, you know, leads... Yeah, but I... I... I think we got to stop saying, you know, of all people uh, at the end of when we talk about Nick Foles, because look, he did it. He won Super Bowl MVP. Who he was saw outstanding. That <laughs> who, who saw it coming? Oh, I, no well, one. nobody saw it coming, but this is why we love sports. 
ultimate underdog story. We said that about Go Joe ahead, Flacco. Andre. Of all people, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. He somehow won. <laughs> I'm not saying Nick Foles is going to be the next Tom Brady. But you can never say that Nick Foles wasn't good enough to win the Super Bowl. And it's the same thing with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco went on one tremendous but, run. But you know what the, be, the difference is? Just, Flacco, Flacco had the defense. Uh, the, some of these second-tier quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl have done it because they've had the defense to make up for it. Foles went out and won this thing. I, that's yeah, true. His defense didn't give him anything. Elite quarterback. In in 20 years, you can put Nick Foles on your list of worst quarterbacks ever to win a Super Bowl, Hunter. But he did it. He did it. He won the Super Bowl. He He won his team the game. So for one week, one off season, we got to get off his back. He he saved the Steelers' uh, record. So I'll be ever thankful for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. You've been. You've been worried about that for three weeks now, uh, Hunter. Oh, my so. gosh. I, I have. And on top of that, he made Philadelphia burn itself to the ground. Did you guys all see the photos of the city? Oh, boy. Yeah, they were having a great time. Oh, my God. They yeah, they, they were going crazy. As they uh, I, As they I've been in Philadelphia. Some of the, you know, well, I'm not going to say anything. I, I was oh, in Philadelphia God. once and enjoyed it. I was in Philadelphia twice, and once you've been there once and seen all the all the Revolutionary War stuff and and did the touristy things, yeah, it yeah exactly yeah. So, but I like Philly. I'm gonna get that in there for a little uh, okay. little bo- uh, little balance. Um, I know I'm not supposed to being from Pittsburgh, but I like Philadelphia. I like being there. I like their food. I like their beer. It's a good time. Well, yeah, I go there definitely my good family food from there. Beer. What's that? I'm from there, and uh, it's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to cut down Philly. I'm not trying to cut down Philly. And, and okay. as far as celebrations, you know, I know it's their first time, first championship since 1960, uh, before there was, you know, Super Bowl. But hey, don't you got to wait it. You know, the Cubs went 108 years uh, between winning World Series and and Chicagoans didn't try and tear down this. You know, it, it was a great celebration, but I you got to rein it in at some point. Here's a, I got a question. What was your the biggest problem you had on on social media of something that you saw that that fans did during the celebration? Oh, I have one, but it's kind of inappropriate. <laughs> okay. It's it's just the overall, and I guess for the parade, every everything was more celebratory, and and it was um, a lot more, you know. I can't say orderly, but considering how many people were there, but didn't have the problems. It's just sometimes it, it seems like it, it became an excuse for uh, a lot of behavior that is just unacceptable. So, you know, while we won the Super Bowl, we can get away with more. We can do this stuff. I, I 
I don't know. I'm All not. Right. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe people there that aren't really fans, but were there because they wanted to cause destruction. I, I get you. Oh, I'm sure there are plenty so, of people that are Eagles fans that were there. But Dave, did you see, did you see someone eating a you know what from the ground? That video that like went viral. I tried not to watch that. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was not. I turned off after five seconds. <laughs> okay. Um, boy. So, let's talk about. I th- I think the main decision that a lot of people took out of this game after the game shocked the heck out of me. Because one of the things we had talked about last week was uh, Malcolm Butler on uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, Zach Ertz. I got my tight ends mixed up. Uh, <laughs> your, white, your white tight end. Yeah, well, Malcolm, end. Malcolm Butler on, on Zach Ertz. And Malcolm Butler ended up getting benched, and nobody was ever really clear on what happened. But that made a, a huge difference it, it, to me in the game. Uh, Ertz, nine targets, seven catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that's a lot of production that that you could have, uh, you know, could have did a better job defending against with Butler in the game. Uh, what did you think? Did you think, you know, Belichick was maybe out coaching himself as far as putting Butler in. Um, I mean, honestly, I was just kind of mixed on that decision. I think, honestly, for Bill Belichick, I think it would have been a, a better option despite – I know Malcolm Butler has not had a good year, but um, the the other guy they put in, um, Tom, what was, it was his name was Rowe, right? What, what was his name again? Eric, Eric Rowe. Eric, Eric Rowe, Rowe. yeah, that, that's right, yeah. I suppose how these brand these people on the Patriots defense people, I don't know all of them, but uh, yeah, Eric Rowe, he just he got abused all game, and like I I think Butler probably would have been a bit of a better option, but um, I think my biggest um, thing I didn't like about it was he didn't tell him until just before the game, which like tell him like a little more in advance so that like he knows he's not going to play because I think before the game he knew he was going to play. That's just kind of the weird thing about it. But I think, yeah. like what Tom said, I think he outcoached himself there a little bit. Um, but, 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 guys, if this was Mike Tomlin, he would have gotten destroyed. But it's Bill Belichick, so he won't he get He is getting get destroyed, Hunter. No, I he's, think he's Belichick's taking a beat for that one. I, yeah. honestly, I, I honestly haven't seen too much of it, so like, I, I thought I – thought, but he actually is getting destroyed. Is that is that really yeah. what yeah. it is? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he should. Um, I, I don't yeah. think there's anything mixed about it. Malcolm Butler led the defense in defensive snaps this year. 97.83% of the snaps on defense he was on the field for. Led the team. He's gone up against big receivers, gone up against small receivers, quick receivers, fast receivers, strong receivers. It doesn't matter what the game plan has been. Butler has been the number one guy for New England. Why he wasn't in the most important game of the year, I, I, it, it's baffling. I I, I no one has come up with a good reason why, other than the fact that, you know, speculating that he was sick, yeah. that he broke team rules, whatever. And then yeah. Butler came forward and, and 
said none of that was really true. He was sick. He was in the hospital. He did join the team late last week uh, in Minneapolis, but he was ready to go. There's, uh, there really was no reason for him not to be playing, and he didn't play at all. Not one defensive no. snap, and he led the team in, in defensive snaps all year. It makes no sense. Exactly. It, exactly. it was weird. Um, and, you know, I can see disciplining. You know, you do get – if you want to discipline somebody for breaking team rules, you, you've seen it before where uh, they'll, get, they'll get sat down for a series just, right. just to kind of make right. a point. But, you know, sitting them for the whole game – I, that's, you know, it, it's not like Malcolm Butler deserted the team the entire week, or, and I just, I, I don't get it, and I, I thought that was a, uh, maybe one of the bigger plays of the game that didn't take place on the field. Yeah, and they had trouble covering Ertz. They also had trouble covering Alshon Jeffrey until they finally put Stephon Gilmore on him. Yeah, towards the end they, of the first half, they couldn't they couldn't they contain Jeffrey either. And, and you know, for being the defensive genius that Matt Patricia is supposed to be, it took him long enough to figure <laughs> out what his biggest, um, his, his biggest and most physical cornerback on the Eagles' biggest and most physical receiver. Uh, right. Yeah, that that was that was sad. I don't know how it took so long. I hope Lions fans weren't watching that and thinking, "I hope this doesn't happen." Yeah, because well, <laughs> and that's another thing we talked about last week, Hunter. Is you yeah. know that was going to be a main matchup. Uh, we thought yeah. from the start of the game that Gilmore was going to be on on Jeffrey. Yeah, that was that was definitely a bit weird that he was not. I don't know what uh, Patricia was thinking. So, overall, this is a Patriots defense that really, their numbers were down all, all season. They were really saved by their red zone defense, which I think was top five in the league. And, and it's been like that for a while. Um, I think Dave uh, told, told me um, the defense was a lot better last year, but this year, it just nosedived. I know Dante Hightower was out, but that, yeah. that was a bad unit. Giving up 41 points to the Eagles without um, their franchise quarterback. Uh, yes, I know Nick Foles did outstanding, but still, that's just that's weird. It, the, the Patriots' defense was not was not good this year. Not good at all. And they still made the Super Bowl. It's an incredible yeah, yeah, testament to to the coaching staff, really, and, and to the rest of the league that that. Really, they don't know how to beat the Patriots. Yeah, Tom Brady took them there. And that was the other thing that we talked about last week, and the last thing I want to get to before we hit a break is we talked about uh, if the Eagles did get a lead, how 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 well would they keep their heads, knowing that the Patriots are always capable of a comeback? Actually, did come back and take the lead in the game. and right. actually, was very, I was very impressed by the fact that the the Eagles were just as loose, just as uh, uh, ready to come back, not ready to kind of fold and and uh, give up on the game. Uh, definitely looked a lot different than Atlanta did last year. Well, 
I've got a hot. You, you, you love your hot takes, Hunter. I got a okay. hot take. Oh God, Tom, gear up, gear up, Tom. I actually think the Eagles had an advantage with in this game with Nick Foles as opposed to Carson Wentz because they came into Ooh. the game with this underdog type attitude, and they that was the way they approached the whole playoffs. They wouldn't that wouldn't have happened if they had Carson Wentz. They might have had the MVP of the league like Atlanta did last year. A lot more pressure. I think it helped them that they were the underdog. And nobody thought that they were going to win coming into the game. Everybody thought Nick Foles would fold up like a tent. And they believed in themselves. They rallied around that idea of being the underdog. And they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have had that rallying point if, if they had Carson Wentz and, and uh, maybe were favored in the game with Wentz. Hunter, what do you think about th- that hat take? I still think they would have won with Carson Wentz in there. Yeah, you know, they would have gone into the game. Uh, every coach loves to go into the game thinking that they're an underdog. So, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on. Uh, oh, one other thing I saw. Uh, one of the, I think the Eagles long snapper uh, mentioned this past week that the they Eagles did a kind of fake run-through in case the oh, yeah. uh, Patriots were, were filming their, their run-through. What do you think about that? Oh, boy. Um, really? I did yeah. not hear about that. Yes. I saw it the other day. That was awesome. Tom, did you see his, uh, his, his speech at the, at the parade, Jason Kelsey? He, w- he was going off on all the doubters, people who, like, said Doug Peterson was the worst head coaching hire to um, – People who said Nick Foles was bad. It was one of the best rants I think I've heard in a long time. Yeah, I I had the flu last week, so I haven't really caught up on on a lot oh. of that. But I did I did hear that that he was he did have a lot to say at that at that parade. So yes, uh, we want to as they say invite our fans to join the conversation five one six three eight seven one four one seven. Want to talk about the Super Bowl? Uh, if you have your own takes on it. Uh, other than that, we are going to go to a break. When we come back, as I said, we're going to hit the golf course on the NFL season. Well, at least if you're not in Chicago, we'll hit the golf course on the NFL season. <laughs> but before we do, we have a couple of other conversations, uh, news around the NFL that we want to hit that we didn't get a chance to hit last week. We'll do that when we get back in just a moment. Three More Bites, the cookbook series by husband and wife duo, Ayo and Bob Lai, will keep you entertained and your appetite satisfied. With recipes inspired by their life stories, cooking and enjoying these unique recipes is a perfect way to spend time with friends and family. Whether you are an experienced chef or just learning to cook, Their helpful cooking tips and tricks and delicious recipes will have you begging for three more bites. Pick up your copy of Three More Bites Presents Cozy Cooking and Three More Bites Presents Three Weddings and a Honeymoon Today from www.3morebites.com. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle. This is Tom Pound along with Dave Holcomb and Hunter Hodes. This show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio. Learn the secret of the human mind and laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. 
A couple of stories. Uh, the first one took place during Super Bowl week, which uh, I know probably did not sit well with uh, Roger Goodell and and uh, the rest of the owners in uh, in the NFL. But on Monday before the Super Bowl, it was announced that uh, Alex Smith was being traded from the Chiefs to the Redskins, uh, and the player to come back to the Chiefs is Kendall Fuller, cornerback. Uh, I, I was a little surprised to hear that, considering that uh, Alex Smith had one of the better seasons of his career last year, uh, 67.5 completion percentage, over 4,000 passing yards, 26 TDs, five interceptions. Five interceptions. Um, as I say, Dave, can you see him repeating that? Why would you think that the Redskins would think he could repeat that uh, with them, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, that's a very good question. I think if you're the Redskins, you think that uh, you're starting to put together uh, a better wide receiver core. It was better in 2016, but you're hoping that it rebounds in 2018. That it, that it's better than it was at the beginning of of last season. And you have Jay Gruden. I think that's probably the main reason why you have the quarterback you know, genius guru as your head coach, and you're hoping that uh, Smith can continue his maturation under him like he did under Andy Reid for a few seasons, but really, really peaked in, in 2017. All right. But you had a quarterback who's, you know, four years younger <laughs> you... <laughs> and actually showed last year that he can throw the ball in Kirk Cousins. Um, I, I don't see where the Redskins think they have an advantage here. It's, it's I, the Redskins. <laughs> it's the Redskins. This is what they do. I mean, Cousins, Tom, I thought you, you know, wanted me to argue for for Washington. I agree with you. I, I don't like the trade, really, from either team's perspective, to be honest. Um you know, Smith is older than, than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has had three straight years of 4,000 yards. He had a down mm-hmm. season this past year, wasn't as good as Alex Smith. But the season before, the, the year that I'm talking about where Washington had a good receiving core, he had almost 5,000 yards passing. 4,500 4, yards passing in the air, 2,500, 20, 25 touchdowns versus 12 interceptions. He had a few bad games, and I think that might be what, Washington kind of got caught up with. I'm, I'm not sure why they didn't want Kirk Cousins. It seems like they just didn't want him from the start. But if I'm taking a quarterback tomorrow and, and building my team around him for the next four years, it, it's Kirk, it, and I have Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith, I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Well, Cousins, had, Cousins threw one more touchdown pass than Smith did last year. Smith passed for 4,042 yards. Cousins passed for 4,093 yards. Mm -hmm, Uh, The only real difference is Cousins had eight more interceptions. But as I say, you're you're getting an older quarterback with not as much left in the tank. And we've talked about the age of quarterbacks before. And it, it seems to me like you're you're taking a chance on a guy as a two-year stopgap. I see why the Chiefs th- did this. 
you, you got Pat Mahomes that you uh, uh, drafted to eventually be your number one, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to me that the the Redskins, the way they've been taught back and forth between them and uh, Cousins the last few years, doesn't seem like the Redskins have ever really been sold on Kirk Cousins. No, they haven't. No. Because, um, well, what Dan Snyder, hello, weird owner, and uh, Bruce Allen. <laughs> uh, uh, don't get me started on Dan Snyder. I could rant on him for ages. Bruce Allen, he's had some weird moves. And there's a, a funny tweet, uh, Scott... Um, whoever the last Redskins GM was, he even tweeted, I wouldn't have done that trade. I'm like, and and all the Redskins fans flocked to him, like, come back. But it was, this is this is why Redskins fans almost, like, give up sometimes. Because you're getting an older quarterback. Alex Smith isn't going to bring them to the playoffs. If Kirk Cousins couldn't, and he, I think he, he only got them to the playoffs once, if I'm not mistaken. If he could only take the there, I don't think Alex Smith can. And uh, yeah, I don't think the Red, this does not improve the Redskins at all. But uh, I'll be very interested to see though, guys, how Patrick Mahomes does in his first year in Kansas City. I'm, I'm going to watch that very closely. Yeah, I, I am too. And, and the reason why I don't like it for the Chiefs is because it's. I think they're in win now mode. They're one of the top three teams in the AFC right now, and, and I guess we got to start putting Jacksonville up there. So let's say they're one of the top four teams in the AFC. Uh, but but I don't know where to put them now with a with a second year quarterback, a quarterback that's only started one game. I mean, yeah. maybe he is the real deal, and, and and that's you know up to Kansas City to find out. They have obviously drafted him to be their starter, so at some point he was going to be their starter. But to hand him the reins after just one start um, in a meaningless game at the end of the season is very risky, very, very, very risky. This is a team that I think should have Super Bowl aspirations, and you're turning to a very young, inexperienced signal caller. He doesn't have to just be ready to take the, win the division and, and, and take this team to the playoffs, which is asking a lot. I think if you're going to pull off this trade, you have to be ready to say that Mahomes is, is ready to take the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. And that, to me, is very risky to, to say right now. Well, and that's the thing, because Kansas City went into last season as one of the teams that was speculated to be a, a challenger to the Patriots in the AFC. And there's no right. reason to believe that was going to change next season. But, yeah, now we're going to have to wait to see how what Mahomes can do. You know, but the thing is, it's it's tough to second-guess Andy Reid on some of these things. Andy Reid does seem to have a very good feel uh, for the offense and, and for what he, he tends to get out of his quarterback. They, they do get a, a much-needed cornerback piece in the trade, um, and, and they get and salary cap help. Salary cap help and, and, and letting go of the the older quarterback and, and starting a, a a second year player will definitely help the salary cap. But but it's the most important position on the field. It, it's hard to go cheap there. Um, so it, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and Hunt, you just named it right there. Kendall Fuller, uh, young player. We're not quite sure what we're going to see out of him yet. 
But Kansas City's uh, pass defense, definite weakness of the team last season. Uh, They got ripped apart on on defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, bringing in Fuller, how that is going to affect the team. Kendall Fuller is a VT alumni. I think he'll be very good. Um, I've always watched it. He was outstanding down here when he was here. So I'm really excited to see him go to um, Kansas City and play a good defense. Um, I'm just excited. But um, I think we can all agree, though, guys, that Kirk Cousins is going to get paid um, next uh, this season by either the – the Jets or the Broncos? Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo just signed the biggest contract. Um, oh, my God. Just this last week with the 49ers. Uh, that will last until Kirk Cousins signs his contract. Uh, because, yeah. <laughs> oh, he, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I think he's going to throw in the go, Cardinals, too. Yes, Cardinals are in that. B- yep. Buffalo? Buff- Buffalo? There's going to be quite yeah. a few teams bidding for him. So, yeah, the uh, Garoppolo will not hold the record long for biggest contract because uh, Cousins is coming up right behind him. No way. And no way. The other story that uh, just came up this last week that, yes. boy, just really shocked the NFL world. As I say, I was waiting Monday. You know, we heard Matt Patricia he had a, was official with the Lions was waiting for the other shoe to drop with Josh McDaniels. And yeah, he pulled, he, he, he's, he idolizes Bill Belichick and he did a Bill Belichick. So, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You guys Belichick watched that. To Bill, uh, you guys watched that two bills uh, documentary on ESPN. No, I didn't know. Check it out. It, it, it talked about, uh, Bill Belichick and the Jets and, and uh, his time with the Browns and his relationship with Bill Parcells. And it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Learned some things about him. Josh McDaniels, uh, man. All right. I'm, I'm, we're all ready here. Let, let's kill him. Okay. Go for it, Hunter. Uh, uh, I just I, – I remember I thought I, – I literally had to check Adam Schefter's Twitter at least ten times before saying that that was real, because I thought that was actually a parody account tweet. So I was just like, <laughs> okay, is this a fake? Is this real? And then everyone started quoting it. I was like, holy crap. But I don't know what Josh McDaniels is thinking here. Um, uh, I mean, he must He's be, thinking, uh, I don't want to go to the Colts. Uh, he's probably thinking, well, yeah. you know. Keep going. Be, keep going. I know, I know. That, that's probably right. He's He's – He's probably like, well, you know, I'm going to be a bad head coach when Bill Belichick retires, and I'm going to tank the Patriots down, and or I just made a lot of money. But um, <laughs> now nah, I know that's not what he's thinking. Ah, oh, yeah, oh. definitely, definitely. I know, I know. But I just, I mean, this even it has to do with a couple things. Either Andrew Luck is never playing football again, which I do think Andrew Luck will come back. That's my bold prediction. I think he will be back for this season. So it's either we're not hearing anything on Andrew Luck or that he was probably promised the job when Bill Belichick retires, either after this upcoming season or whenever he does. 
or or, yeah. or he got a lot of freaking money. He he wanted a lot of money, but I mean to just to ha- ha- get hired, have the press conference be announced the next day, hire assistant coaches. This has been in the bags the, the bag for a month. They had they basically had him hired for a month, and they couldn't officially announce it because the Patriots are still in the playoffs. And then to finally announce it, say, okay, we're having a press conference to introduce you tomorrow, hire some of your staff, and then call back and say, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to stick with the Patriots and just uh, screw you guys because, like, you know, I, I-, I like it here. And-, and that's just the ultimate, like, man, you're just – that's that you're a joke. And, like, that – I saw, like, it, it, pissed, it pissed off a lot of um, NFL people, it sounds like. I know his agent left him. Good on him for doing that. I would have done the same yep. thing. You just, you cost yourself. You're, ne- you will never get a, another. You will never get a head coaching job outside of the Patriots. I don't even think you will get a coaching job, whether it's a coordinator job, any any coaching job outside of the Patriots for what you just pulled. There's no way. I think that's wanna... major overreaction, Honor. Oh yeah, hot, that's a hot take, Dave. Hot take for me. <laughs> but, okay. But no, no head coaching job, I think, is fair. Go ahead. You will not get it. Let, let Dave ahead. have his say now. Do you, do, well, do you want to rip him first, Tom, and then my, hear my rebuttal? or? Well, let, let's – go... yeah, why not? I mean, rip the big him, Tom. pussy – Tom, just, rip him. Uh, you know, the big pussy goes and uh, – oh. and uh, I'll agree with Hunter. He went and said – tells the Colts he's going uh, to coach them. And I've heard over the last couple of days that he does not have any guarantees that he is going to be the Patriots' next head coach. So, yeah, I thought that was strange. So, you know, hearing that just makes me feel like, you know, if he was you know, tentative about uh, Andrew Luck coming back, uh, don't commit to the job. Don't say that you're going to go yeah. there. Uh you know, yeah, nobody knows if Andrew Luck is going to be come back or not. But, you know, you knew that going into the interview. You knew that when you agreed to the job. Don't commit to the thing. So it, it's not the Andrew Luck news that has anything to do with it. I just think he doesn't have the balls to go there. Uh, he doesn't have the balls to leave his, his comfortable little nest in New England. And, uh, you know little mini hoodie there just mini you know, hoodie <laughs> has shown me that he has not grown up one bit since his time in Denver and the bears actually, I know you guys saw this on uh pro football talk. Uh, the bears actually, after their interview with McDaniels uh, didn't feel like McDaniels was totally committed to coming to Chicago uh, was totally committed to leaving New England. That's why the Bears jumped and, and got uh, Nagy. And uh, and the Colts had actually had their eye on Nagy, but the Bears jumped to get him. The Bears have their, their coaching staff in place. It's great. I'm glad that the Bears left him alone. Uh, you know, goodbye, good riddance to, to Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, McDaniels. Oh, yeah. Okay, Dave. Now your turn. Rip him. Rip him. I'm not going to rip him. Um, McDaniel's made the right decision for him, and he's within his rights. Uh, do you guys have? A, it sounds like the biggest issue you have with him is 
the morality part of the decision, right? That he took the job. He's a baby. All right, so so is it a lack of character that that Jim Irsay's family moved the Colts in the middle of the night? How what kind of character is that? What kind of commitment to excellence is that? How about that? I'm not going to defend that, but that that's a long time ago, Dave. Uh, yeah, we're not talking like about same family, right same family, same family. Oh they my did that God! To the Baltimore fan base. All right. Well, what about they... the defensive? What about the defensive coaches that he hired that he left mm-hmm. out the cold? I give. The I don't have any credit. defense for that. I do give. I don't. The Colts I don't. Credit. I give the Colts credit for keeping them in place. However, you're also handicapping your new head coach now. Because your head yeah. coach, you've already told your assistants that they're going to stay there, and your new head coach now has to work with them. I don't, I don't have a defense for that. That, that was wrong on, on McDaniel's part. Um, I, I, I'm not seeing it in black and white like, oh, he's, he's some uh, horrible character guy for changing his mind. It's not his fault. Oh. This is the way the system is set up, that you interview people that are in the playoffs, and the other teams have to fill the, the – teams that fired their head coaches have to fill it immediately. They could wait, but they, they want to interview, the, you know, and this is the way it's set up. Um, and the, McDaniel's got a better offer from New England. I think Indianapolis is better off without him as their head coach. I don't know why they were interested in him from the start. And I don't know why McDaniel's was interested in going to Indianapolis. He's better off Andrew waiting Luff. to see what happens in New England, he- maybe secede Bill Belichick. I don't think he'll be a good coach there, but I think from his perspective, he doesn't think that. He thinks he's, you know, a genius. So, yeah, he's going to continue to learn from Belichick and take over, take over New England. I, I, he, I, if that's what he was promised, then that is a much better deal from him. For, he, for him agreed, his family. he agreed to the deal. He agreed yeah. to the deal. He did right. not sign a contract. Did not no, sign but that contract. doesn't matter. You don't need the name on the contract, all right? Once you agree to the deal, that is essentially the contract, all right? Handshake agreements is still as binding as putting your name on the paper. That was going to happen before the press conference, if I'm not mistaken. He, they wanted him because of Andrew Luck. That's why they wanted him, because they think Andrew All Luck terms needs- were agreed to. It was a contract. Yeah, it was it, – it, what he did is just – it's it's Bush League. And, you know, um, when whenever he does take over, I don't think Tom Brady will still be playing, and he's going to bring the Patriots to the ground. So I can't wait for that. That will be a <laughs> lot of fun. All right, guys, I, I think we've we've gotten all of that out of our system. We've been, <laughs> we've been teasing the NHL for, for three weeks oh, now, and about a month. we do need to – leave some time for the NHL. So we're going to take another break. And when we come back, uh, Blackhawks and Penguins, uh, what are they going to do at the trade deadline? And have the Blackhawks finished? Is this the end of the dynasty? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Do you have a business, large or small, and you need some marketing help? Then RSP Marketing Services is the marketing firm you need. Offering a wide variety of marketing services and consultations, RSP Marketing Services can build you a professional website, produce video or radio commercials, 
draft and distribute press releases, create printed marketing items such as business cards, flyers, signs, etc., manage your social media, and so much more. RSP Marketing Services offers an a la carte selection of marketing tools so you only buy what you need. Our team of professional graphic artists can create stunningly professional marketing materials tailored just for you. See our website, www.rsbmarketingservices.com, for more information. That's www.rsbmarketingservices.com. And we're back on Weekend Sports Huddle with Tom Pollard, along with Dave Holcomb and Hunter Hodes. And this show is brought to you by author Marco Sacchio, Learn the Secret of the Human Mind, and Laws of the Universe, Guided Toward Wealth and Health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. Uh, we do have time to take a call if somebody still wants to get in on the air, especially on, on the last conversation we had, which is great, uh, very spirited, uh, 516-387-1417. That will be the last break we take as we head into NFL talk. Uh, So I want to remind fans, uh, give us a follow at WKD Sports Huddle on Twitter. And join us on Facebook at Weekend Sports Huddle. Give us a like. Join the conversation. All right, guys, I, I see it here in Chicago. Uh, I want to get an outsider's perspective on it. The Blackhawks are in last place in the Central Division, eight points out of the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Uh, Hunter, what do you see uh, as an objective observer about the Blackhawks? <laughs> objective. Uh, just, objective, yes, yes. Um, I think they look a lot slower than they do in the recent years. Uh, they, they're not scoring as much. Uh, of course, uh, they're not getting good goaltending. I mean, Corey Crawford's out. So, I mean, you can't get a lot of really good goaltending when, when you have your number one goaltender out for a long time. It, it, I think the loss of um, Hosa is kind of showing. Um, he was He's still a really good, productive player, even at was at 36 years old. Uh, they just they don't look the same fast Chicago Blackhawks team that I've seen uh, during this this very long run that they've had and I think it's going to come to an end this year. Uh they lost they lost to the Stars a couple days ago which was ahead of them and I think they play the Minnesota Wild tonight if I'm not mistaken which is another team that's right in ahead of them so if they can't win this that it's it's basically next to impossible for them to make up any ground. Uh um, after winning three cups in six years, we could see two consecutive second-round exits and the Hawks missing the playoffs. I don't think anyone saw that coming after they won three and six. I know I didn't. No, uh, yeah, you, you're right. They're not moving as fast. Their puck possession game, and that has hurt their puck, puck possession game. Uh, it, what also killed them, you know, having five teams to climb over to get into this wildcard yeah. spot. Uh, they had a chance against Calgary, played a home and home and lost both games. And um, that, that just just took a killed their chances right there, I think. Uh, but the, the only guy you really got playing on this team is Patrick Kane, uh, who's maybe not as playing as well as last year, but, but still playing at a very good level. Duncan Keith, it's amazing, has 25 assists, but no goals. And after taking 129 shots, no goals. It's not found the back of the net once. So that kind of gives you an idea of what what the Blackhawks have been up against. 
Uh, Dave, what's your look at the Blackhawks uh, heading into the trade deadline? We know they're not going to be buyers, but what do you think? Is this the end of the dynasty as far as Chicago is concerned? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, Bowman is, is well, I mean, he's kind of had, had mixed reviews as a GM. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in it next year. They've got still talented players. Uh, Brandon Saad, they got back, and he was supposed to be the answer to the host a whole, and um, maybe he isn't. I'm not sure. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you know we see a bounce back here next year. But uh, in terms of it being that dominant team, being the team that everyone wants to be, everyone mm-hmm. emulating, I, th- I think that is the, it is the, end, of the end of the run. Uh, and Hunter hit it perfectly without Corey Crawford. They really have nothing to fall back on um, without their speed. Uh, no good goaltending. It, it, it's hard for any team to win with, with no goaltending. Yeah. 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 Tom, do you um, think Joe Quenville comes back next year? Even the, the, And that's the one of the big questions. And, you know, you, you hit it right there, Hunter, because Quenville, it seems like his job is on the line. Uh, Bowman is definitely has to be sweating his job right now. Um, he signed some of these huge deals that, that kind of left the Blackhawks uh, uh, handicapped when it comes to salary cap, especially the, yeah. the deal he still has with Brent Seabrook, which was just Ooh. ridiculous. Uh, and, he, and the Blackhawks are never going to dump that one. Uh, so I don't know. You know, they would love to be able to get trade that that deal to another team, but you also got Seabrook with a no trade clause. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can see Bowman. Uh, he's traded some young talent the last few years to try and and make another run at the cup and has failed. Uh, and I, I think Bowman's job is definitely in jeopardy. Quenville, I don't believe should be. Uh, I hate to see because Quenville, you know, is he worse coach now than when he took Hawks to three Stanley Cups? I, I, I don't see why, but it does seem like Joel Quenville is taking some of the hits for the season the Blackhawks are having. Yeah, yeah. I, do, the, mm-hmm. Hunter, do you see why Quenville's job would be in danger? I mean, yeah, some organizations sometimes um, – they, they um, what's the word? They tend to overreact with some things. I mean, but I mean, for this case, it'd be three straight years of, um, um, I think underachieving for the Blackhawks. So I think an organization would look at that and be like, okay, so um, we traded a lot last year. We traded Panarin. We did that awful Jalmerson trade. We're gonna have to make more changes. So now the blame falls on the coach. So I couldn't see them saying, okay, let's get rid of him because um, what happened last year didn't work. But I'm just not sure. And never underestimate general managers. You know, they've always – I've always noticed they do always tend to help the Blackhawks get out of their salary cap trouble. So someone could actually take on the Brent Seabrook contract. Would not surprise me in the slightest, even though it is it, – they they should be stuck with it. But organization. They do kind of tend to overreact with a couple of things, so I, I could see some more, more, much more bigger changes. I think this off season if they don't make the playoffs. Dave, what are you saying from uh, from what your vantage point? Uh, I, 
I, I think Hunter broke it down perfectly that if they do fire Quenville or let him go to, to part ways, whatever you want to call it, uh, it would be an overreaction. Guys won three Stanley Cups. He's won everywhere he's been. Um, I know it seems like we have coaching turnover more in hockey, actually, than the NFL and really any other sport. So it's certainly possible, but it's not something that I, I believe is on the table. Uh, Quenville probably is one of the reasons why they're still involved in, in at all in uh, the, the playoff discussion right now. So I would absolutely not get rid of him. But as Hunter says, yeah, there, there is an overreaction when it comes to these things. Well, for me, it, it all comes down to the talent he's been given. And the Blackhawks yeah. have some good young talent coming, but, you know, what he's been given the past couple of years has not been uh, not been uh, of the caliber he needs to, to make that kind of playoff run. Stan Bowman, uh, once regarded, he was probably the best GM in hockey for a while. It's kind of, he's still very good. Don't get me wrong. He's just gone downhill. The the, the Jalmerson trade just that that honestly from just from a getting better standpoint, it didn't make any didn't it just didn't make any sense. Um, they got back like Connor Murphy in the deal. Um, I, I'm not sure how well he's done for them, but. That trade, honestly, I don't know. That didn't make much sense. Uh, Panarin for Saad, um, they wanted him to play with Taves. There was a um, a rumor. Um, Elliot Freeman put in his 31 thoughts this week that um, the, the Hawks could be looking to potentially dangle Brandon Saad, and I'd be like, okay, that would be a massive overreaction. But some of the moves that he's made the past few seasons have just not been good towards their playoff hopes. That's really all there is. All right, I got one more question because I still want to get to the Penguins. Uh, but one more question: Has Stan Bowman been riding the coattails, the, riding uh, the reputation of his father, Scotty Bowman? You, you can take that one, Dave. <laughs> uh, yes and no, I guess. Um, I I think it's more of just that his organization has had success. And with that success, you get a lot of praise, and he probably got some praise he didn't really deserve. And and they were winning. I think they were winning, especially the last one. You know, when Duncan Keith had to play like 30 minutes per game in every playoff game for them to win the the 2015 Stanley Cup. That that to me was Quenville's mastery of of their blue line when they really only had four quality defensemen and, and yes. Duncan Keith's incredible athletic ability. To, to play that many minutes. Um, and, and even then, uh, Bowman had issues, or the Blackhawks had issues with depth, and that, and that falls back on your GM. So I think maybe this entire time we've been just giving him credit where the team deserved it, not really the general manager. I'm not sure his dad really has much to do with that. Okay. Let's go to the Penguins real quick. We're running out of time. Uh, Hunter, Penguins' biggest needs going into the deadline, uh, what do you think they can address? Same as it's been since the summer. Uh, they need another center. Uh, that's pr- basically all there is uh, to it. Maybe if they want to upgrade a, w- a winger spot, but that's not ne- nearly as necessary as this. Um, you win in the playoffs by your strength down the middle. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I've noticed because pe- that's what the Penguins have had, four strong centers. Um if you put Riley Shan down on the fourth line, um, that, that's really good. And you get someone to put the third line, 
that's that, that that's awesome. It takes Carter Rowney out of the out of the lineup, which ugh, I don't need him in the lineup <laughs> in the playoffs. That's someone. Uh, if you if that's your fourth line at center going into the playoffs, the Penguins will not repeat this year. So um, I'm sure Jim Rutherford is keeps uh, is keeping his tabs. Um, open. He's probably working the phones like crazy, and um, he will make a trade for a center by the deadline. There's no doubt. Hunter, you, your sound effects are priceless. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> 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 um, Dave, uh, where do you, where do you think the Penguins stand uh, going into the trade deadline? Uh, it looks like they're going to make the playoffs. They're back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh... Like a, maybe a month and a half ago, we had our doubts, but yeah, they've they've been playing a lot better. The stars have come to play. That's that's really the big thing. Evgeny Malkin has been incredible the last month, and Crosby's still sitting on 399 goals, but he's had a lot of assists. And so Kessel, I think Kessel should be in the MVP conversation, guys. He's been incredible. Um, he's but, but Hunter's off. right. I, I gotta you gotta stop letting Hunter go first in all these. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> he's right that that. Uh, Third line center is is their biggest need, and um, center has absolutely been their strength in in the past. And so I'm not going to disagree with that on Hunter. I think we might disagree what center they could get, but uh, I'm not going to disagree that that is the need. All right. Well, we'll yeah, definitely think, take a look at that next week. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just went to Hunter because, as I say, love the sound effects. So. <laughs> Oh, right. Oh, of course. My sound course. effects are good, huh? <laughs> what, what's your Ryan Reeves sound effect, Hunter? Ryan, when when someone says Ryan Reeves, what's your sound effect? Ugh. There you go. There we are. <laughs> I, I'm telling well, you, I'm that's not, a great I, way. Go ahead. I look forward to arguing with that sound effect maybe next week. So. <laughs> Oh, yep, man, Dave, Dave, Dave. Sounds like Dave's a Ryan Reeves supporter. We're going to get to that I, one I, next I, week. I, I like Ryan Reeves. We will definitely oh, get to that next week. Uh, okay, but yeah. we do have – we are at the end of the show. Uh, we do have to wrap it up. This is Weekend Sports Huddle along with Hunter Hodes and Dave Holcomb. This is Tom Pollan. Had a great time talking uh, football and hockey today. Uh, I think we had a great conversation. And if everybody's paying attention, pitchers and catchers report next week. Yeah. We are coming into baseball season. So, yep, pretty soon. So we're going to have plenty to talk about next week. Join us 10 a.m. Eastern time next Saturday morning for a weekend sports huddle. Have a great week, everyone.